Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. We ready, everybody? Yes? Okay. Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast on the Class. Breakfast on the Class today uh, is dedicated um, in loving memory of Mrs. Lily Safra Leah Shalom Lilunishmat, Leah Batchana. Her philanthropy has reached so many throughout the entire world. As well, Breakfast on the Class also dedicated in loving memory of Lilunishmat, Rabbi Chananya. Elmalim, Shalom, sponsored by his grandson Gabriel Amos. And in loving memory, Lunishmat Esther Bat Victoria, sponsored by the Shwai family. Um, the month of Cobra was dedicated in honor of Rochelle Sayed, donated by her children. And as well, the week of Cobra was dedicated in honor of David Yash and his substantial capacity of good today and every day by his good friend Murray Dayan. Hazaku Baruch. Thank you as well, Rabutai. For those of you uh, who are uh, not going to be having the breakfast part of the breakfast in the class today, who still came down uh, for the class, extra credit uh, for your uh, Lashem Shamayimness. Okay, let us begin. My friends, in our Pirasha, we read where God tells Avraham Avinu, Lech Lecha, travel, leave your, leave your place, leave your father's house. Leave your, uh, the place of your birth. Leave all these uh, familiar elements of your past behind you. And go el ha'aretz asher areka, to the land that I will show you. And what does God promise him? He says, I will bless those who bless you. And those who curse you, I will curse myself personally. Kadosh um, Baruch Hu is incredibly protective of Avraham Avinu. But then he says an interesting line. He says, Ve'agadela shemecha. And I will, can someone translate that in Hebrew? Ve'agadela shemecha. I will increase your name. Okay, in English, how would we say that? No one would ever say that in English. I'll make you famous. I'll make you famous. Okay, stick with me, buddy. I'll make you famous. That's what Hashem says to Abraham. My friends, there's something here that I think is, uh, is very beautiful. It's very beautiful, it's very powerful. What does this idea mean? And I will make you famous. God's pl- promising Avraham Avinu, uh, I will bless those who bless you. But then he goes even one step further. He says, What does that mean? On a, on a literal translation, it means that because of you, all, <coughs> all the local peoples, they'll all be blessed. They'll be blessed through you, through your mitzvot, through your zechuyot, through your deeds. However, the Mifashim explain, is, it means, like we see on Friday night, We ask God, that our children should be like Ephraim and Asher. Our daughters should be like like the mothers of Am Yisrael. So what did the people of earth do in the time of Avraham? They would say to their children, you should be like Avraham. The people will use you as, a, uh, as the format that they would use in order to bless their children. You will be, your name will be on everybody's lips. My friends, what is it that takes? What is it that makes a person have this kind of beracha? 
that gives this person this kind of fame, this kind of power, this international recognition. So I want to share with you an interesting story. Rabbi Akiva Eger was one of the great scholars of his era. Very wise, very sharp, wrote in a brilliant way, was an outstanding scholar, even from a young age. He comes to the town of a rabbi whose name is Rabbi Mordechai uh, Banet. Rabbi Mordechai was a tremendous Torah scholar in his own right. Um, I think it was, uh, I don't remember who it was that said about him right before, right after he died, that he was considered to be Rabbi Anshelkoy Yisrael, one of the rabbis, the Gidolim of all of the Jewish people. So he was a tremendous Torah scholar. Anyway, Rabbi Akiva Eger comes to this rabbi's town. Rabbi sees they have such an important visiting scholar. He says, listen, we'd like to give you the opportunity to give a dirasha, a, a speech in the shul, you know, teach us some Torah of your, from your wellsprings of Torah, your chidushim. The Rabbi Akiva Eger agrees. So he gets to the synagogue. All the rabbis, all the scholars, all the you know, Torah-learned people come. The whole synagogue is full. And the rabbi starts giving dirasha. He asks a question, he gives an answer, Brings a proof, asks a question to someone else, brilliant shiur. Middle of the shiur, the rabbi, Rabbi Mordechai Banet, he says, But rabbi, but how do you reconcile what you're saying with this Gemara, with this Mishnah? He asks him a bomb question. The rabbi nods his head, thinks about it for a second, says, You're right. Closes the Gemara, middle of the speech, walks off the stage. The question he asked was such a good question. He knocked out his chidush, what he was trying to say. The rabbi sat down. Anyway, a short while later, the rabbi, Rabbi Banet, as soon as the speech is over, he feels terrible. He was just meant to ask him a question. He wanted to go back and forth. You know, he'll answer, he'll go back, he'll ask, ask again. You know, just go through it. Like, you know, talk about it. He didn't mean to ask such a question that would throw the rabbi that he didn't have an answer. And now in front of everybody, in front of the... All the learned people of town, he was embarrassed. That he was asked this bomb question by Rabbi Mordechai Banet. So he goes right around to the house of Rabbi Kiva Eger, opens the door. As soon as he opens the door, the rabbi says, Ah, Fadal, welcome. The answer to your question is this, 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 this. Here's the proof, here's the this. And it's clear to the rabbi very quickly that this is not something that the rabbi figured out after the fact. He knew it the whole time. He realized that it wasn't a question the whole time. He had a great answer to get out of it. And the class actually uh, stood, and his opinion was, uh, was not tarnished by this question. So he says to the rabbi, I don't understand. If you had this answer, why didn't you answer me? And Rabbi, Eger, rabbi Kiva Eger says to him, he says, Rabbi, you're the rabbi in this city. You ask a big question. I have an answer. If I answer the question, the people, God forbid... They might respect you a little bit less. They don't know that Talmidei Chachamim ask, answer, back, forth. That's how they get. I don't know if they maybe. It's more important that they have respect for you. You're their rabbi. You're the person. More important they have respect for you than they have respect for me. So therefore, in the public, I figured, you know what? I'll make it sound like I don't have an answer. And I'll give you the answer later. The rabbi hears this. He's blown away. He puts out a word throughout the whole town. Rabbi Mordechai Banet wants the entire city to come to the synagogue. He has a very important announcement to make. Now the synagogue is ten times more full. Before it was only 
the rabbis, the learned people that would understand the discourse of Rabbi Akiva Eger. But now that the rabbi asked the whole town to come, men, women, and children, everyone packs in the place. There's people standing outside listening in the windows. SY Alerts is there. I Torah, wild. Torah anytime. Everyone's videoing. No one knows that. Rabbi stands up and he, tell, he, says to the, he says to everyone, he goes, this morning the rabbi came to give a class. I asked a question. The rabbi closed his books. He didn't have an answer. He stepped down. I went to speak to him to ask him mechila for maybe showing him up in public. And he said to me, no, actually, the reason why I didn't answer you, this is the answer. The class stands. The point stands. And this is why I didn't do it, because I wanted people to have the respect for you. The rabbi says, but he, the rabbi had a good answer. And this is why I was wrong. But look at the beauty of Torah. Listen to what he says. Where the Torah teaches the people that study it that your kavod is not important and your ego doesn't matter. And a person, many people in this world, there's a lot of different reasons why they will do or won't do the right thing. But a true servant of God and a true tamid chacham, a person who does things the right way, what the Torah does is it removes all personal interest, all nigiot, all leanings, all bias, and it allows a person to do that which is correct and that which is true. Look at how special. This is the end of the story. My friends, here's the crazy part. Rabbi Akiva Eger is standing down in the middle of a shiur Humiliating, right? Embarrassing. Rabbi Banet finds out that actually he had an answer, stands up publicly, tells everyone that he was wrong, and look at how special Rabbi Akiva Eger is. What was the po'el yotze of this story? What was the outcome, the cause and effect of this story? In the eyes of the people, Rabbi Akiva Eger comes out bigger than he was before. In the eyes of the people, Rabbi Mordechai Banet comes out bigger than before. Each of them is rushing to lower their kavod, to lower the impact, to lower the way people feel about them. Oh, because, you know, give it to the rabbi. He's the rabbi of the town. The other rabbi, you know, but look, look at how special. He had an answer. I shouldn't have asked him like that in front of everybody. You understand? That's the nature of Agad Lashemecha. Many times a person is worried about how something is perceived, how the people will take it, what the people will say about him, I'm going to be embarrassed. But meanwhile, the result of doing things the right way is not a lessening of the kavod people have for you, it's actually much more. Uh, I had a man approach me recently, and he said to me, you know, I have a big decision in front of me. I said, okay, what's the, what's the problem? Anyway, the guy made an honest mistake. The mistake that he made was a bad mistake, but it was an honest mistake. He had no intention, there was no... And the guy says to me, he says, I feel terrible. I don't know what to do. Um, I feel terrible. He says, but I'm struggling with the decision. Because you know what? For me to go back on the decision, for me it's not that big a deal. He says, but in the eyes of my children, I don't want my children to not respect me. So I'm struggling with this rabbi because I feel like if I fix the mistake that I made, I could just leave it. No one's going to be hurt by it except for me. 
I'll have to live with the mistake that I made. No one else is going to be hurt by it. He says, but I feel like I will lose the respect of my children. I said to him, explain to your children that you made a mistake. Explain to your children that you have to do the right thing and make it right. And I said, and you will see that your honor and the respect in the eyes of your children is not going to go down. It will go up. Avraham Avinu takes the most unpopular position in the world that he lives in. A world full of idol worship. And Avraham Avinu is the only one peddling the worship of God. Avraham's running around calling out in the name of Borei Olam. Everything he's doing is the opposite of something that would get him kavod and popularity. The opposite of building his name. But what does God say? God says, let me worry about that. If you're worried about Hashem's honor, about the honor of the Torah, about the right thing, God says, let me worry about your good name. You hear that? Super powerful. I read a story only recently about a, a couple that was childless for many, many years. Anyway, they came to a certain big rabbi, and they asked the rabbi, they said, Rabbi Dachilak, we haven't been able to have children, please could you give us a biracha? So he said to the rabbi, the rabbi said, uh, he says, I'm happy that you're coming to me, of course I won't pray for you. He says, but, um, you know, who's your rabbi? I've never seen you here before. They say, oh, our rabbi is this and this person, famous guy, you know, famous rabbi, this is our rabbi. He says, oh, did you go to him? Yeah, we've been to him many times. Unfortunately, we haven't answered. Rabbi says, okay, I'm so sorry to hear. Of course, I'll pray for you. Bezat Hashem, you should be zochet to nine months, ten months, to be holding a baby boy. Almost immediately after the beracha, the woman becomes pregnant. Nine months later, they come back to the rabbi and they offer the rabbi, they say, please, we would, we would like you to be the sandak for our baby. After all, we waited for so long. Finally, you gave us a beracha and the beracha came true. We would like you to be the sandak at the Brit Milah. And the rabbi said, thank you so much for the honor. But please, he says, give the honor to your rabbi. Why should the rabbi feel that all these years he's been praying for you? And now you came to someone else. And, pray, and, and that guy's bracha was answered. He doesn't know that I gave you a bracha. Let's keep it that way. Look at this anava. It's unbelievable. When a person thinks that way, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings bracha to a person. When a person could put aside their own interest um, for, the, for a greater interest, for, the, for something which is more important, a person thinks that I'm making a sacrifice because I gave up my need. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, the wrong thing never happens from doing the right thing. There was a, uh, an unbelievable example uh, of, of this that I read about only recently, which, which really uh, you know, made a, a tremendous impression of, uh, of what it looks like for a person to do the right thing, uh, even when maybe, perhaps, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't cast them in the best light. I don't want to go into the details, because the, de the story is a, is a somewhat complicated story. But I just want to share with you the observation that I had at the end of this story. This, it was a scenario where a rabbi, 
a rabbi had given a, a psak halacha, a ruling on a case. The, the ruling of the rabbi was 100% wrong. Why was it 100% wrong? Not because the rabbi made a mistake, but because the people who brought him the case, they didn't tell him, they didn't present the case the right way. So the ruling that the rabbi gave, as the Gemara says, en la dayan, elama she'en avro'ot. A dayan only has what his eyes can see. If you ask me what's the halakha in this case, I tell you the halakha, and you tell me, oh, I'd just like to add that there was also a pig in the thing. You, know? <laughs> you could have mentioned that earlier. You, didn't, you, know, you, you left that out. So now it looks like the rabbi is, you know, it looks like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Anyway, it was quite a public matter, so it was very embarrassing for the rabbi. So one of the, uh, one of the constituents in the Beit Knesset said, Rabbi, listen, you know, people are talking. They're talking about how you don't know how, you don't know halakha. You're not, you know, maybe you don't, you don't have such a scholarship. You're not such a great rabbi. He says, I, you know, I would like to ask permission to announce that the facts of the case were not presented to the rabbi as, as they should have been. And therefore, the ruling on the case was based on what was given to you, and that's not what you got. And the rabbi said, thank you very much, he says, but I forbid you from opening your mouth, from engaging, from talking about this. The guy says, why, rabbi? Let everyone look at how they're speaking about you. The rabbi said as follows, listen. He says, these people that uh, didn't bring me the whole case, he says, they're wonderful people. They're simple people. They didn't know that what they were asking made a difference. So they didn't, it wasn't a mission for the sake of, uh, of getting me to say a ruling one way or the other. They just didn't know any better. So they skipped one of the most important things halachically. They don't have any halachic knowledge. But if you put it out there that the details were left out in the asking of the question, people will say about the family that asked this halachic question that they were trying to trick the rabbi, that they were trying to subvert the halachic process, and it's not the case. He says, why should my honor be saved at the expense of someone else's honor? I'm not bothered, he said. The people who don't think I'm a rabbi, let them find another rabbi. People who know me for very long will probably figure out that if I made a mistake, maybe there was more to the story. But I'm not willing to maintain or regain whatever honor at the expense, at the expense of, uh, of this family. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, it's unbelievable. It's moments like that when you realize, this is a person I want to follow. This is a person I want to ask my questions to. This is a person who doesn't bend to bias. And I'll end with this. When we were living in London, so there was an evening, um, that it was arranged in memory of Chamovadia. This past weekend was Chamovadia's uh, uh, yard site, um, you know, over Eretz Israel. They made a huge deal about it. We spoke about it in the synagogue over Shabbat, right? And when he passed away, so the community in London at the time, they called his uh, Gabai, person who was very close with the rabbi, spent a lot of time with him. He had the inside track, many different stories that he witnessed personally. Uh, of Chamovadia. Svihakak, doesn't matter. They invited him to come speak in, in London. Anyway, 
we tell everyone it's a Hilula of Chamovadia, the whole dinya comes. Maybe there was 1,500, 2,000 people there. Okay, I don't know. I don't remember exactly. A lot of people. Anyway, so all the different rabbis are speaking. So every rabbi is speaking, sharing their thing, giving their, you know, thing, their line about Chamovadia. Who's the, the, the featured speaker of the evening? The Gabai of Chamovadia. That's who everyone came to hear. But because we invited all the synagogues, so every rabbi got up to speak. One after the next, after the next, gets up to speak. As the evening is dragging on, there's less and less and less time for the rabbi to speak. Finally, there's one more speaker standing up. And he gets up and he says, um, you know, we've heard great words from so many rabbis uh, up until now, all the different rabbis and communities. He says, but I, um, I know that people did not come to hear me. They came to hear and I'm nervous to take any more of his time. He says, anyway, in a short amount of time, they're going to be doing another uh, event. Maybe it was the Shloshim or whatever. So we'll do in the shul. If anyone wants to hear what I have to say, you go to the, come to that event. Who's going to come to that event? Hit the people from the shul. 100 people, however many people it was. Not the 2,000 people that are sitting there listening to what you have to say. He says, but I know that really it's important. So he goes, so I'm going to share my words then. Sits back down. He stood up for under 60 seconds. And I just remember thinking to myself, all the people that were there, the person that I was drawn to, the person that I, I, I developed the respect of was the person who said nothing. Isn't that, isn't that, I mean, it's an obvious thing when you think about it. This is what Chazal mean when they tell us, right? You run away from honor, and honor will chase you. And all the people who want to be recognized, who want their names and lights, who want everyone to know about everything good that they did, those people are the people that everyone says, look at this guy, he's running after his, his honor. So often we're busy worrying about these things, but we learn from the Pasuk is exactly the opposite. Yeah, Hashem tells Abraham, you want to be famous. You want people to respect you. Where do you need to be? In a place where everybody knows you. But God asks Abraham to do all the things that would minimize his fame. All the things that would minimize his blessing. And yet, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, if you follow in my footsteps, if you go on the journey with me, whatever you need, uh, I'll, I'll take care of. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen. Rabbi